Hmm, that's weird. That's weird. Kind of weary me out. You are a sad, strange little man. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Isn't that weird? That's weird, man. It's strange. What's up, campers? Welcome back to episode 104 of Camp Strange. I am your camp counselor, Alex Tobin. And I'm your other camp counselor, David Stokes. What? What? what, what? <laughs> Surprise! Everybody, David Stokes has been a very busy man in the past couple of days since he is moving to an undisclosed location. But in his absence, we have an old pro on here as Katie Nicholson, my girlfriend. Yes, I have a girlfriend who is now my roommate, um, stepped in and uh, lifted the heavy burden uh, that was just going to be a single man podcast. So I'm glad to have a co-host. So thank you, Katie, for being on here with us. Why, thank you, Alex, for having me. But um, as all of you know we're back to bring the spooky wacky weird strange and box like (gasps) what's that mean you'll figure it out anyway um but before we get into our longer stories today we have to catch you up on any of the news you may have missed and i got some news for you as arkansas farmer um uh, (laughs) he is um he is accused of desecrating uh, a longtime rival's grave with, what with dead animals uh what what kind of so, dead i actually tried to find that it's not <laughs> popping up so joseph stroud who's 78 which is i feel like if you're 78 that is the prime time to go desecrate graves you have nothing else going on in your life prime time to hold a grudge for sure oh he's apparently see uh let's see uh, let's read this article real quick but um oh <laughs> I, I i missed out the best part um so Joseph Stroud, you know, 78, mm-hmm. he's been disguising himself as a woman when he visited the grave of Fred McKinney in Benton County, Arkansas, just north of Fayetteville. And while he's been there, he's been, um, well, I guess the family of good old Mr. Fred McKinney uh, started finding a bunch of dead animals near <laughs> his grave. And they thought, they found 16 dead animals to be oh. exact. So <laughs> he he does have time on his hands, which is more concerning that he's just killing well is he killing them or maybe he's finding roadkill maybe it's like a that's more concerning he's he's searching the roads i think it's better than murdering animals okay okay, you got a fair point but i they don't even say like what kind of animals we're talking about here but i'm picturing like squirrels yeah a bird or two they were i don't know if he's killing them that's impressive with the bird but um but they thought that they uh the animals were eating the lake flora and then die near the grave, which means that they're not like he's not like shooting them, and he's not like going after him with a machete or anything like that. So like, I don't know is he is he just like poisoning animals and then placing them by the grave? It is an interesting question. I feel like you don't come across that many dead animals uh, just like laying around, but I don't know. Maybe he's yeah, maybe he's poisoning them like at his farm. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's really fucked up because the animals are just casualties in this. They have nothing going on in this. They're grudge. just pawns. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> but um, apparently, they've just been finding a bunch of dead animals. So the the family set up a camera and they caught somebody. Uh, near the grave wearing a teal windbreaker, a wig, and sunglasses, and they identified him as Stroud, which is very impressive for the cops. I mean, yeah. I, I guess it's not that good of a, um, a disguise. disguise, but it's kind of cool that like he was like, I'm going to dress up in a disguise of a woman mm-hmm. because I like, I guess that is a, it's a, it's a 
law. You can't desecrate people's graves, I guess. Well, you probably also can't kill animals, but yeah. Well, I mean, apparently this is a class B felony, which is... I don't know what that means. Me neither, but it's a felony. Yeah. You know, so, but he has denied any involvement. (laughs) That's my girlfriend from another high school. I don't know. evil twin sister. Exactly. You can always pull out the evil twin thing. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, If you guys hear any noises in the background, there is a baby kitty cat that we had just adopted. um, And she is crazy and just throwing shit all over the house. And Mm -hmm. you know what? If she keeps it up, we might be adding 17 to that list. <laughs> I don't want to be. got to go to Arkansas. <laughs> Come over here. Come over here. She loves cemeteries. She'll, <laughs> she won't feel a thing. She is a black cat. She is. So spooky, spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, but Katie, do you have a news story for us? Um, I do kind of in a similar vein. Um, they, the, I guess the government of. Florida? I don't know how this works. Um, They approved 750 million genetically engineered mosquitoes to be released in the Florida Keys. What? No. Um, Yeah, so that's starting next year. Uh, They're supposed to breed with like a certain mosquito species that like carries diseases such as Zika. And West Nile? Yellow fever. Not West Nile. Fuck. Um, And basically if the mosquitoes that are already out there uh mate with these uh i'll call them robots oh (laughs) does it does it like take out the well no it doesn't kill them it kills like the offspring won't survive wait what the larva of the they're putting like sterile mosquitoes out there or like they have like a gene that kills they have a gene where like the larva just will die Oh my god! I thought you were gonna say that they were just gonna start giving birth, and they have like dominant genes, so like the sickness mm-hmm. or like the the viruses would be like not passed down. Exactly, that's what I was thinking. But it just kills. Oh my god, we're evil. Well, apparently they've like tested this in a few other places, and it actually like worked. But I mean, I don't really know how ethical it is. I don't know what the environmental. I don't know anything. Oh wait, but... I got an update on the cemetery one. They found seven hundred and fifty million <laughs> dead mosquito larvae at McKinney's grave. Oh no! <laughs> oh shit! Well, you know what? It was, we think we know who did it, but we're not one hundred percent sure. Um, that's crazy though. That's I mean, it's it's good. But it's bad because... Well, one of the things that people are upset about is with everything that's going on and all of the government funding that could be allotted to other things, it's going toward genetically modified mosquitoes. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> but I don't know. Well, I mean... Whatever it, floats your boat. It's supposed to be like like a lot of things aren't a good idea mm-hmm. until the horrible shit happens. So like... You know, it has to be preventative because for a long time, people were like, don't put money into anti. I remember they they're asking like I saw a press conference where they're like asking Obama and they're like, hey, like, should we put money into this like virus, like trying to find like uh, cures for a virus? And he's like, yeah, I think we should because it's preventative just in case. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, people didn't probably want to put money into that either, but. We Maybe it would prevent something down the line. Exactly. Like this whole goddamn mess we're all in. <laughs> but um, so I'm all for team 750 mosquitoes, especially because I don't 750 live in... million. Oh, that's what I meant. Uh, but especially because I don't live in Florida. So, yeah, true. Um, Such I, a Florida thing to happen. <laughs> it is. I mean, land of the mosquitoes, right? <laughs> 
Um, well, I have another news story as mm-hmm. this is a very David Stokes. David Stokes would really get a kick out of this one. Okay. But um, apparently Nintendo, you know, the big conglomerate that makes all your favorite Mario games. I've heard of him. Don't you hate people who call it Mario? He's Mario. He's always <laughs> been Mario. But apparently uh, Nintendo has tweaked Mario's nipples. What? So there was a big outcry. David Stokes definitely knows about it because there's two things that man loves in life. It's Mario and nipples. <laughs> and actually three things. Mario's nipple, Mario, nipples, and Mario's nipples. Mm. But um, so they released this image I'm showing Katie of him running on a beach. And he okay. has little pink nipples, which are totally normal, you know, free the nipple. Yeah. And they're proportionate. They're, they're, they're nice. They look great. But everybody's like, this is so weird. Mario has nipples. You've never seen Mario with nipples. I don't think many people have seen Mario with his shirt off, which is fair. Yeah, he's usually wearing his little, what are they, overalls? He's got overalls. Yeah, he's yeah. a plum. He's a plumber. He's and not. Here he is, just like lounging on the beach. He's got to look out for mosquitoes. Exactly, and he is lounging on the beach with his shirt off once again in a tweet that they tweeted, and his nipples are gone. The <gasps> curious case of the missing Mario nipples. Oh my gosh! So I guess they have listened to the fans, and now Mario's babies are so hungry, and they don't know <laughs> what's going on. But um, at least the fans are happy. But you know what, fans. Mario's children's blood is on your or Mario's children's milk is on your hands or Mario's <laughs> or milk. not on your hands or, because he doesn't have any exactly exactly so I just like you know it's good bad news depending on where you stand on the nipple mm-hmm. situation but mm-hmm. I'm all free the nipple give Mario I say double them I say double the size, make them balones. That's balonies for I any do. of you. Well, don't know. I, was, I thought you were meant double the quantity because I do love a man with four nipples. Oh, I have an extra nipple. I have three. Uh, maybe three and a half. It's arguably four. It doesn't look like a nipple. It's okay, guys. <laughs> Harry Style has three nipples and Styles has three nipples. I think he has like five. Great. So four. I don't I'm, know. I'm kind of like Harry Styles, so whatever. Yeah. But um, <laughs> she said, yeah, in a weird way. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that's where I'm pro nipple. Make them bigger. Make them longer. Make them wider. <laughs> make him a nipple. That's Make him one big just nipple. Be a nipple yeah. just be one. His body should just be covered in nipple skin. Anyway, so that's a horror movie for you. <laughs> Nintendo, make that one. Do you have another uh, news story for us? Um, I do. Uh, well, I guess this is technically a new news story based on an old news story. Okay. Um, there, an article came out today about um, 129 ways to get a man, and it's according to a 1958 women's magazine article. Ooh, this is going to be sexist. There were some interesting ones, let me tell you. <laughs> um, I, of course, highlighted a few of my faves. I'll, I'll tell you if they work or not. I'm a man. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you? Hardly. <laughs> um, so the first one uh, is... Have your car break down in strategic places. No, I'm not helping anybody who has a broken down car. Get your shit <laughs> this together. This is 1958, baby. But I want a, like a hardworking woman that has a hardworking car. <laughs> I don't want no broken down car. Fuck Men that. like to feel needed sometimes. I don't know. Not that kind of way. Like <laughs> Maybe if it's like, I really need a big old kiss right now. I'd be like, ooh, <laughs> guess what? I'm the best that. Well, that was only number two on the list of 129. Uh, and just for the... For your reference, uh, number one was get a dog and walk it. 
Um, <laughs> Actually, that would probably work. I'd... That one is much more logical, which is why it's not really on my highlights. But I just wanted to note that that was the first one. I would at least talk to you. You might not get me because yeah. I'm a really hard get. Mm-hmm. But Depends I... how good the dog is. Exactly. I don't like little little fluffy white dogs i don't hate them i'm i'm not dog racist but you're I just, not you do like most dogs i like scrunchy face dogs i like pugs like you know i like pugs like even kuma kuma is he fits in the category he's a mm-hmm. he's a boston you know you Bulldogs. like dogs close to the ground close to the ground uh chonky Ugly-ish. I want dogs that have have been bred into horrible existence. (laughs) Like we have, this is we bred them just for our own sake, and we just think they're cute, and they cannot breathe or walk, and they're dehydrated and overheated. Those are my favorite kind of dogs. And that's a good, that's a good kind to have. (laughs) What else do we have on the list, though? So, um, another fave was sit on a park bench and feed pigeons, (laughs) which I think is why there are a bunch of pigeon ladies people <laughs> they're trying to find a man it makes sense because those pigeon ladies are really very sexy have <laughs> you has anybody seen um home alone 2 about the pigeon oh. lady no you always bring this up to me and i always I just, bring up pigeon lady to I you i feel like you have a few times and i never get your reference have you seen the mary poppins no pigeon lady no I, no, I've just seen her like float down on an uh, on an elevator on an umbrella. <laughs> she, I just, I, I kind of just like it's too, it's too British for me. All right, I all just right. don't get the humor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the British office. I just don't get it. What's a green grocer? I don't. <laughs> that's what they call supermarkets. Like, oh, okay. what's a green grocer? I'm like, Ugh. I've never heard that before. Oh uh, wow, you don't watch enough British television. Apparently, um, oh, this was a good one. Uh, read obituaries to find eligible widowers. <laughs> <laughs> They're vulnerable. Oh my God! You're like scouring the the <laughs> the graveyard, like yeah. That's like Will Ferrell and uh, Wedding Crashers. Back to graveyards, though. Yeah. Look for the dead animals. Look for the dead animals, or the woman cleaning them up, or the man <laughs> cleaning them up. Yeah. Um. Oh, this one, <laughs> another good one. Uh, be friendly to ugly men. You know what? I approve that message. <laughs> <laughs> I approve that message 110 uh, And then it said something in parentheses along the lines of uh, ha- something about handsome only gets you so far or something like that. It's I don't know. It's true. You got to find a man that knows how to make a good cheesecake. He doesn't <laughs> have to be good looking, but man, if he, I'm not, I don't know how to make a cheesecake. I'm just saying, ladies, sometimes your priorities are in the wrong place. Don't go for the face of the body. Go for the man that could do the thing that, you know, you, not a lot of other guys can do. You know, mm-hmm. maybe he can build a, um, uh, one of those book those book things out in front of your front yard. Free library. Oh, my God, those libraries. <laughs> if you want him to build one, find one of those guys. Those guys are the best, you yeah, know? They love books. They love, love reading. Books. Yeah, I'm going to build one of those and then sit on a lawn chair right in front of them. And like, and then when they pick up a book, I'm going to ruin the book for them right away. Oh, nice right? idea. Yeah, Isn't that's that cool? a good twist. Oh, that's a good book right there. He dies at the end. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. And then the last one um, was don't be afraid to associate with more attractive girls. They may have some leftovers. Oh, that is so fucking bad. It's very bad. Oh, my God. Yeah. It- I don't want to say anything about that. I, I'm already like on the verge of getting canceled every episode. So. I know. It's like hope for sloppy seconds. That's, you know what? Everybody is sloppy seconds to any everybody, right? Unless well, like. Not, 
not everybody obviously but, but once you're past the point of a certain age it's like you know what we're all we're all just joes in this sloppy joe mess you know we're all just joes and janes joes and janes sloppy joes and sloppy janes yep right it's true so and that was the end of my uh those were the highlights for me i'm gonna read all of those wait where can we read all of those katie where, where was that what was that website um i think i was on the mirror okay well if you guys want to you know just look it up like 1950s ways to get met <laughs> 129 something like you. that yeah go go search if you want to read all of them but they're probably all amazing so mm-hmm. now that we're caught up on the news though we got to get into these long stories but before that we got to tell you about our ad and this week is brought to you by Alex Jones. You globalists don't trust the toilet anymore. That's what I thought. That's why you gotta buy Alex Jones's double wall diapers. You gotta be shitting in those just so the globalists can't see your ass. They have cameras at the bottom of the toilet and they're gonna be checking you out. So use my diapers. They hold 20 pounds of dung at all times and they will make you faster, stronger, smarter, and more buff. So check out Alex Jones double wall diapers. Keep all the stink in or don't depending on what you want. Uh and uh watch out for the globalists. Anyway, so anyway, that was that thank was Thank you to our sponsors. That was our sponsor. That was more for David Stokes. Hope you're listening, buddy. Now let's get into these stories. Now, Katie, mm-hmm. as you know, since you now live with me, yes. that I am the proud owner and you are a proud stepmother of a cursed item known as my son, Gary. Yes, yes. So for any of those you don't know, I have a cursed little doll. His name's Gary. We bought him off eBay. He loves hunting. He actually got shot in the head by his dad by accident while he was hunting. But before that, he loved waffles and, you know, breakfast. and breakfast. Hanging out with his dad. And he's a good little boy, and he sits on our desk at all times. And he's got a sombrero. He's been with us for like about a year and a half now. So, But now cursed items can come in many forms, like dolls like Gary, to jewelry, and paintings. But today, I will be talking about a very specific cursed item that has gained much attention in the past few years Hmm. as one of the most maliciously cursed items to ever exist. You see, curses don't just fall upon items that are inherently creepy, like creaky rocking chairs and old worn dresses. Sometimes they fall upon the most random of items. And that is why today I will be talking about the Dybbuk box. Now, Katie, are you aware of the Dybbuk box at all? I have never heard of this in my entire life. So uh, some of you might know of it. I think there was a movie called The Possession that came out a few years ago. um, And that is about a Dybbuk box, I believe. But it is kind of one of those things that it like, you know, around like the whole Annabelle thing mm. that like it's it's kind of gotten this like notoriety and people are like, oh, it's like the new hot item. It's the new Annabelle. So they're trying to like make movies and, you know, add it to like pop culture as much as they can right now. But let's get into it. So to understand what a Dybbuk box is, we must first understand what a Dybbuk is. You see, the word Dybbuk is derived from the Hebrew verb. Oh, God, I don't know this word. I think it's Dybbuk. Um, there's, there's lines above and below letters, and I don't know what those means, but the Hebrew verb debak, meaning adhere or cling, which would make sense since a dibik is a malicious, uh, possessing spirit believed to be dislo- to be the dislocated soul of a dead person. 
This means that a Dybbuk is not necessarily a demon that possesses a body like we usually see in most possession movies, but the spirit of a malicious person that possesses you. So basically, it could be like your grandfather is now your oh let me correct this your jewish grandfather is now a dibic because he's possessing other people but i'm guessing it's people who have maybe died wrongly or they have unfinished business you know like most ghosts but it's basically a ghost that possesses people instead of a demon like we see in the exorcist or many other, like, uh, The Conjuring and stuff like that. I don't want to ruin anything if you're going into this later, but where does the box come in? Oh, we're going to get into the box. Okay. I have to describe the Dybbuk So a Dybbuk is just the spirit. The, the Dybbuk is the spirit. Okay. So we're going to cover it a little bit more, but um, let's get into it right here. Um, luckily, though, for anyone who comes into contact with such a spirit, there is such a way to banish the Dybbuk from your body. But the only issue is every cure is different depending on the spirit since a Dybbuk supposedly only leaves the host's body once it has accomplished its goal, mm. sometimes after being helped. Okay. Um, which is crazy. So, like, that just means... Like, the Dybbuk has to be helped by the person in order to leave. And that's just, like, basically, like, somebody breaking into your house and then, like, squatting for months and then agreeing to leave as long as you give them a few hundred bucks and then help them format their resume. But <laughs> but do you know, like, what they want or you have to figure it out? See, every it's every person's different. So, like, if, like old like fucking old dead guy who doesn't like animals by his grave, like, it becomes a Dybbuk, he's, like... He'll possess your body, and then you'll find out that his goal is to kill the guy that's leaving dead animals at his grave. Mm. So he cannot be put to rest until that guy is dead. So he won't leave your body until that guy's dead. Oh, Lord. Yeah, exactly. So every Dybbuk is different, though. It's just like a person's, just like our all of our hopes and dreams and goals, you know? Mm-hmm. Dybbuks have their own hopes and dreams it's and like goals. It's like a last hurrah, kind of. Exactly, you know? Rumspringa. So... <laughs> so the term Dybbuk first appears in a number of 16th century writings uh, when before that it was all mostly – oh, when before that it was all mostly demon possessions. So like I said, demons were kind of like the hot item. Everybody loved them. And then the 16th century Dybbuk started popping up in the you know the Jewish writings and stuff. Okay. And um, after this, parents and rabbis began to use dibbics uh, to their advantage, though, as it was said that a sloppily made mezuzah, or they're like prayer cards, like rolled up and put in like cases, but uh, sloppily made mezuzahs or entertaining doubt about Moses crossing the Red Sea open one's household for dibbic possession. So if you're just like... I don't actually think Moses actually crossed that sea. Then you might get possessed by dead grandpa. Exactly. It's just like the boogeyman, you know, which is like, don't doubt Moses walking across that sea. That's what the boogeyman says? I don't know what he says. Oh, okay. He probably says, um, um. I'm under your bed. I'm under your bed. (laughs) He's not very smart. He just says where he is most times. I'm in the closet this time. So... Although the Dybbuk was somewhat popular among the Jewish people, it was still pretty unknown to the general population. That was until 2001 when a man by the name of Kevin Manis came into contact with a Dybbuk himself. Mm. So Kevin Manis owned a small antiques and furniture refinishing business in Portland, Oregon in 2001 when he first discovered the Dybbuk at an estate sale. 
While searching the contents of the house, Kevin spotted a wooden box about a foot tall with double doors on the front, a small drawer below, and an or- and two ornate metal grape emblems on the front. Mm-hmm. The box was originally designed as a vintage wine cabinet to hold the sacred uh, sacred drinks used in different Jewish traditions. So this guy's just shopping for his, his store. So he's trying to find like old wood shit, you know. Stuff he can refurnish. Exactly. We, we've tried to do Living that. Living the dream. <laughs> we tried to do that before. We bought some stuff on OfferUp, painted it, tried to sell it. People didn't want it. Didn't work out too well, but <laughs> it was worth a shot. You guys, you know what we do with a bunch of paint? We don't know what to do with all this paint. We have so much paint. We've just been pouring it down the sink and our landlord's getting mad. <laughs> But um, so, yeah, he saw this like little wine cabinet, which is actually pretty cool. It, it, mm-hmm. I saw a picture of the inside of the box and basically on the insides of like the swinging open doors, mm-hmm. there's just like on each side, there's two little like wine bottle holders. So you gotcha. can just put like four bottles in there and it holds them. and it's, It looks nice. You know, you put it on your wall or something like that. Mm-hmm. So Manic, Manis liked the box and thought it would be a great piece for his store. So he purchased it. And on his way out, asked the seller about its history. Manis was told that the box had belonged to the seller's grandma named Havela, who was a one of she was uh, a a Holocaust survivor from Poland. Wow. Yeah. So Havela had apparently purchased the box after she escaped Poland and went to Spain, where she bought the box. The box would then follow her as she immigrated to the United States shortly after. So technically, the 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 box, the wine box, was from Spain, which does make sense because they have a shit ton of wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but it wasn't inherently cursed or anything like that. Like there was no. It wasn't like from like a creepy guy or anything, but a lot of people believe that during the time of World War II and all the horrible atrocities that were happening at the time, that possibly this box um, maybe absorbed some of the energy or trapped it in there or a spirit found its way in there or something like that. There are probably gaps in the story that, you know, we don't know about because she doesn't know what happened. Like when you go to a store in Spain and you buy this box, you don't know where that box originally came from if it's Mm -hmm. in the spanish store you know you're like this could be from you know germany or something like that where or it could be brand new or exactly we don't don't know. know so but you know what she got the box and she went to the u.s and um upon hearing that the box was a family heirloom uh manis felt bad and he offered to give the box back to the family but the granddaughter insisted that he take it, mm. saying that the family did not want the box. That's a red flag. Yes. So when he asked why they didn't want it, the young woman confessed that the box had been kept in her grandmother's sewing room for years and had ne- and was never opened because a dibbick was said to live inside. So they knew about this Dybbuk. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing Manus probably didn't even know what a Dybbuk was, but he's like, what the fuck? Like, there's a Dybbuk inside this box? You guys didn't open this? Like, what? Mm-hmm. So he brought the box home, and uh, Manus, unaware of the gravity of the situation, brought the box home and decided to see for himself what was inside the box after uh, years of lying dormant. Manus took the box into his home and grabbed the handles on the outside, slowly opening the tomb of the Dybbuk. Upon opening the box, Manus found that it contained two 1920s pennies, 
<laughs> a lock of blonde hair bound with cord. What? A lock of brown hair bound with cord. What? A small statue engraved with the Hebrew word shalom. A, uh, a small golden wine goblet. One dried rosebud. And a single candle holder with four octopus-shaped legs. This sounds like a serial killer's like collection <laughs> he's box. Like, he's like, I take a, I take a lock little, of hair. Yeah, exactly. They take they take uh, trophies from every mm-hmm. victim. I think this lady was a fucking murderer. <laughs> I think she was the Dybbuk. She could be the Dybbuk. See, that's what I thought you were going to say is that it was her, not like possessed earlier. I thought it was going to be her. Oh, like she was in the box. You know, when she died, maybe she like jumped on in. But if the family already knew about that when she was like, you know, alive and well and it was just chilling in her sewing room. Yeah, that's true. Obviously was from before. Yeah, the grandma's probably like, there's a Dybbuk in that box. But it's a great setup if you go, don't open that box, there's a Dybbuk in it. But it's really just like, don't throw away that box because I'm going to fucking haunt the shit out of that box later. (laughs) And also keep my weird possessions in here. My one rosebud petal. Who are you, Orson fucking Wells? (laughs) Katie doesn't get that joke. She's never seen Citizen Kane. No, I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Where all my film heads at. That movie's okay. Anyway, so... Manus thought nothing of the contents of the box. He's probably just like, throw all this shit in the trash. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want any I mean, the 1920s pennies could maybe be worth something. I mean, they're at least made of real copper, right? Uh, probably. I mean, I think it's like any penny before like 1940. I don't know what, when the cutoff was. It was something back in the day because then they started, me- I don't know, melting pennies for bullets. Or Who knows? More, yeah. yeah. So, um, so he... Emptied the contents of the box and didn't think of it or, you know, nothing of the contents of the box or the box itself. Um, that was until uh, the oh, – what did I write? That was until <laughs> a week later the nightmares began. Ooh. See, Manus as well as other guests in the house uh, began to experience horrible nightmares where an old hag mm. would visit them in their sleep you, grandma you know what's crazy i wrote that and i didn't even make the connection that that might be grandma it could be grandma grandma where's my fucking rosebud petal where's my octopus chalice like grandma stop being weird yeah um but um yeah so an old hag would visit them in their sleep which is like so fucking horrible i Old crones, old witch ladies, they're the hey, worst. Hey, this is kind of like uh, if anyone listened to the other episode I was on a few months ago, uh, there was an, a maid of a, or a housekeeper from a hotel that had passed, and then she would show up in between couples that were sleeping in the bed. In the oh, hotel. that's right. That was the Stanley Hotel? It was the Stanley Hotel. Of Stanley Steamer fame? Of Stanley Steamer fame, yeah. Of the trains. Uh, I believe they were cars. Okay, cars. But that was, if you guys didn't know, that was the uh, the inspiration for the movie The Shining. That was where Stephen King got the idea for The Shining. A little bit of a throwback in case uh, you guys missed that one. So go check that out. It says featuring Katie. I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> so, um, Manus and Guess would also wake with strange bruises and welts on their body, as well as everyone else experiencing strong odors 
around the house of cat urine and jasmine flowers. Gross. Which is... That sounds like a grandma house. That's That's exactly what Meemaw smelled like. <laughs> I was going to say, like, either that guy has a cat that's pissing everywhere and he's trying to cover it up with jasmine flowers, or Meemaw was a stinky person and now mm-hmm. she's a stinky dibbick. <laughs> so, kind of gross. And mm-hmm. that, that smell followed the, the box around from person to person, as we will find out. Yeah. So, man has continued to keep the box until the night of October 31st, when he, which is... What Halloween? Oh, there we you, go. Were you saying what Halloween? No, no I was going to say you what. You meant to say what holiday, but I think you were starting to say Halloween. Don't do this on the podcast. <laughs> anyway. Um, but uh, on the night of October 31st, when he gifted the box to his mother for her birthday. So that's pretty cool. Harry Houdini mom, you know. Well, it's not really that cool because he like clearly was not digging the box and so he's like here mom i think he was just like i don't have a gift for mom and it's her birthday i forgot it was her birthday mom loves cat pee and jasmine well you know what the selling point was that it holds wine not the stench Mm -hmm. you know he's probably like spray with some febreze leave it outside you know put grandma won't even or his mom won't even notice he's like i put human pee all over and it still stinks like cat pee it's weird (laughs) so you gotta fight fire with fire Mm -hmm. So, Manus's mother accepted the box gratefully, but it wasn't long after when she started to feel strange. Collapsing. Camp strange? <laughs> she started to feel camp strange. Camp strange. Um, she started to feel strange, and then she collapsed on the floor. See, Manus's mother had suffered from a stroke and was rushed to the hospital. What? Yeah. She had cat pee in the brain. Yikes. Not a great birthday present <laughs> well, he didn't give her a hemorrhage he gave her a stroke <laughs> he's like he's like here mom i hope you like this she's like <laughs> i don't know what people sound like when <laughs> stroke. anyway sorry um so it's unclear if she survived the stroke i couldn't find it anywhere honestly. oh no i hope she did i'm guessing she did but it was clear that manis that manis wanted nothing to do with the box anymore placing it for sale on ebay which is a little negligent in itself to just be like but here's the thing well my train of thought here is if she was still alive he probably wouldn't sell the box unless he was like this is a weird connection bad juju kind of thing Mm. yeah i mean but why just not destroy the box because you got to make a profit. Exactly. See, it's all about that money. It's about flipping furniture. He's not going to take a loss on this. I don't care if my mom's in the hospital. <laughs> I'm not taking a loss. Those hospital bills are expensive. Mm-hmm. So after a few change of hands, um, Losif Nitsky, Losif Nitsky, either mm-hmm. Russian, Jewish, I don't know what that is. Losif. Um, a student of Truman State University in Kirksville, Missouri, found the box online. See, Nitsky claimed that the box caused lights to burn out in his house oh. and his hair to fall out. I think that... Well... <laughs> he's, like, he's like... Men will make any excuse for their hair falling out. <laughs> she's like... Oh my God! I'm so glad this is our like first date. You look exactly like your picture. Oh, you have less hair. I there's a fucking ghost in my house. It's not my male pattern baldness. Oh my God! Dibbick is pulling out my hair. I swear to God, mm-hmm. I look better than this usually. It'll grow back. Once <laughs> I get rid of the ghost, it'll grow back. Mm-hmm. So 
Nitsky claimed, uh, oh, I said that, he, that is cause for the lights to burn out too, and he's also just not paying his electricity bill, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he also experienced the same cat urine and jasmine flower smell that every other owner claimed to have experienced. See, apparently, Nitsky began to blog about his experience with the box, and attention began to fall upon his posts. Blogging. He was blogging Do about we know the where box. Where he was blogging? Uh, probably Tumblr. I don't know. <laughs> big Tumblr guy. It was just like Dybbuk box updates, sexual pictures of anime characters. Isn't that what like Tumblr is all about? There just like weird a lot of, fetishizing a lot of, of like porn started popping up. You know, I I was on Tumblr in my uh, high school slash early college days, and it just kind of I don't know. I feel like it took a turn where it was like, "Who's your favorite cartoon character? Mario? We're gonna give him big ass nipples." Yeah, yeah. You know, full give body him. of nipple skin. <laughs> I bet we could find some sweet Mario pics with like big boobs. They're out there. They are out there. They're out there. Oh, they're out there. So, so um, like I said, he was blogging about his post, and a lot of attention started falling on him. And Jason Hoxton, who's the director of the Museum of Osteopathic Medicine, which I don't even know osteo. Bones? Yeah, yeah, osteo, for sure. Osteoporosis. I'm just saying. <laughs> osteoporosis. I'm just saying Latin roots, you know, osteo. That is bone, something bone. So osteopathic medicine in Kirksville, Missouri, um, had been following Nitsky's blogs regarding the box. And eventually in 2004, when Nitsky was ready to get rid of the box, wanted a new head of hair, Haxton bought it uh, from him for 280 bucks, which is a pretty good profit. You could at least buy some, uh, what, Rogaine with that. Exactly. You know, some uh, Minoxidil, something like that. I, w- I wouldn't know. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, so um, when Haxon received the box, the problems began immediately, though. I don't know. Haxon developed strange health problems, including hives, coughing up blood and head to toe welts so he's getting the welts the coughing up blood coughing up blood is never good i look Arthur i watch morgan i watch gray's anatomy i know when they start coughing up blood it's not a good if, sign. if you cough up blood you're fucked that's the point in you're the movie. probably gonna die in the show but if you want to be cool you just wipe it on your you wipe it on your pants and somebody goes you okay and you go it's nothing you just hide it from everybody. Oh, is that what Arthur does? I don't know. That's what uh, Red Dead 2, I don't know. Um, but, but that's what everybody does in movies when they're coughing up blood and they're sick and they don't yeah, want to tell anybody. they always got to hide it. Like the zombie bite. So mm. he also began to have horrible nightmares of the old hag, uh-oh, making sleeping impossible. Haxton quickly realized he had made a mistake, uh, a mistake and consulted with rabbis to try to figure out a way to seal the Dybbuk in the box again. Um, apparently successful, that's in quotes, apparently successful, he took the freshly resealed box and hid it in a secret location in Missouri, which he would not reveal. Well, I just thought of the 130th way that you can uh, find a man, and that is to be in a Dybbuk box (laughs) and then haunt their dreams. We love a nice haunting. We also love a nice box of wine. It's true. Ladies, we know you wine like some dine. boxes of wine too. Everyone loves a box of wine. Everyone now loves for a our box second, of wine. Our second ad. <laughs> box wine. box wine. Do you want a headache? <laughs> Do you want to drink a lot of sulfites? Box wine. Not all box wine. Buy the cheapest. Maybe Franzia. It's okay. Um, so years later, Haxon decided to dig up the Dybbuk box in order to give it to a new home. Ugh. That new home, though 
was in the hands of ghost adventurer host Zach Baggins. Every time I hear his name, I think of Bilbo. Bilbo. Yes, I can't. Or Frodo. But I just keep thinking of a little hobbit running around. Is Ghost Adventure, is that one where they like walk around and they're like, are there ghosts in here? And then there's like. That's all of them. Okay. (laughs) He's like, he's like, you know, my favorite thing in all those shows is where they have the thing that transmits it Mm -hmm. to uh, language. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it always says like some weird shit like, leave. Or like, it was like, leave, leave. Or like, banana. (laughs) <laughs> banana and they're like oh it's a minions it's a it's a minion it's a fucking minion ghost <laughs> um but yeah so this guy he, he's the guy who wears the really tight shirts and like the spiky hair i don't really know the only thing i know is there was like one time i was like five and at my grandma's house and my older cousin put like some ghost show on and they were in like a haunted like huge i don't know if it's a hotel i don't know if it was just like a mansion or castle kind of thing but it really scarred me and then i was like nervous to go in like this one room in my grandparents house because i thought it was haunted because it had a divic box it did not but Uh. it was like next to where we were watching the tv and i just always associated weird things with over there every grandma has a room that you don't want to go into my grandma had a room she still has a room that i don't want to really go into i just don't like the vibes in there it's like it's just like a storage room or like mm. it has like her sewing machine and you're like did you use that yeah the one that uh, i'm referring to is like a it was like an office of sorts yeah exactly so there's always a room like that in every grandma house but ghost adventures is kind of the cream of the crop for them they've been around for a long time a lot of knockoff ones but these guys have always survived somehow but we'll get into how they're surviving now but like I said, it landed in the hands of Zach Baggins. And Haxon felt like gifting the box, again, was not not a bad idea since he believed that the Dybbuk inside the box was finally at peace. He was like, the Dybbuk's gone. Here's the box. It's been buried long enough. Exactly. And Zach Baggins was like, no, I want that Dybbuk. Um, but it actually turned out that Haxon was sorely mistaken. Oh, no. The Dybbuk can't be. That wasn't how you get rid of it. You got to go kill Mr. Old McNally with the 16 dead animals. So after receiving the box, Zach Baggins decided to place it in his Las Vegas haunted museum for visitors to gaze upon. But the Dybbuk was not as content as Zach was with the idea. And I kind of want to go to this Las Vegas museum now. Yeah, it's up your alley. I know it's a tourist trap. I know some of it's bullshit. But guess what? I really want to see that. I think that Annabelle doll is there. Uh, the, oh, really? The original Annabelle doll is there, I believe. But, I mean, it, it just it's a good time to see, be creeped out, be spooked out. You know, why not? It's, it's fun. It's Vegas. If you're in Vegas and you, and you don't want to experience something cheesy and hokey, you're in the wrong fucking city because yeah. that's, that's the home of cheesy and hokey. So, shortly after its arrival, the mysterious... Uh, oh, shortly after its arrival, mysterious protruding holes began to appear in the walls around the <gasps> artifact, as if something was trying to break out from within the exhibit. Oh, my God. Since on display, museum staff, visitors, and Baggins himself have experienced black shadows, fainting, feelings of sickness, anger, anxiety, and more. And my favorite thing about Zach Baggins, if you watch the show, he really, like, upsells all of his emotions mm-hmm. so he'll be sitting there and he's like i have a really weird vibe and then he'll stare at like the camera guy who's with him mm-hmm. and he'll get like really angry and the guy's like what are you doing <laughs> and he'll pretend to like lift a fist and like 
he's like he's gonna punch him and the guy uh-huh. goes what are you doing zach and zach goes oh my god what am i doing i don't even remember doing that i was <laughs> i was so angry I, I couldn't control my body i'm like okay Okay. I mean, We're embellishing a little, but hey, you know what? All it, good storytellers do. It's all exactly. It's all fun and games until Zach actually punches the guy. Yeah. <laughs> but then you could just sue the ghost. We're all good. There's a loophole. There's ghost law. Ghost law <laughs> coming this fall. So tensions were obviously high around the box, but things escalated when rapper Post Malone visited the museum in 2018. Okay, plot twist. Plot twist. So Malone visited the museum with Baggins after closing hours and decided to gander at some artifacts. When arriving at the Dybbuk box, Baggins and Malone apparently performed some form of ritual where Baggins sprinkled someone's ashes across the Dybbuk box. Someone's ashes? Well, I couldn't find out. It's got to be like... So... The reason posties like, I don't know. No, because the reason I found this out was because this story, there is footage of this happening. Oh wow! Um, because there's cameras in the museum, obviously. But this this happened, you know, back in 2018. But I oh, just the good old days. Yeah, <laughs> but just recently I saw like a video of him being interviewed, and he was talking about it. And in a lot of the interviews I read about Post Malone, like having this experience they don't mention the ashes but when post malone was being interviewed he was like zach pulled out like this little vial of ashes and started Mm. sprinkling it on the dybbuk box and i was like what are you doing and he's like no it's okay and he did it so he didn't know whose ashes even if they were ashes i don't don't know if i believe that they're real ashes i mean maybe maybe not but he was sprinkling something um, but like I said, Baggins sprinkled someone ashes across the Dybbuk box, causing Malone to see something. Malone claims he witnessed a dark figure emerge from the box, causing Malone to flee the room, but not before placing his hand on Baggins' shoulder, forcing him, uh, him out with him. People claim that just by touching Baggins' shoulder as Baggins was touching the box was enough for the curse to transfer over <gasps> to Malone. And it did seem that was... Uh, oh, sorry. I said... Uh, and it did seem that was as... I don't know what I'm saying here. Uh, Malone... Was when, the case, maybe? Yeah, when Malone left the museum shortly after, uh, but he claims that he saw the spirit follow him out. Okay. So when Malone was leaving, he was like, I saw like that, that dark figure follow me out. And this is where it gets kind of creepy. So Malone was free from the haunted museum, but shortly after his visit, things began to go horribly wrong. Weeks later, on a private plane to London, Malone's tires immediately blew out after takeoff. The pilot managed to land the plane safely, but it appeared that the Dybbuk was angry and seeking retribution. Whoa. A few days later, armed robbers <sighs> robbers broke into a house where Malone used to live and demanded to see him with guns drawn. What? Fortunately for him, though, he had just recently moved and was safe from the attackers. And on September 7th, while driving through West Hollywood, the rapper's Rolls Royce was T-boned by a Kia. Ooh. <laughs> Yikes. That's got to hurt. Yikes for that Kia. Yikes for that fucking Rolls Royce. Well, but like. Oh, you mean because it's like so hefty? Oh, I just meant like insurance wise. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're screwed. So, uh, but fortunately, again, Malone made it out unscathed. And although Malone is doing better now, better (laughs) now. Yeah, I had to do that. Oh, no. To this day, he is shaken by the whole experience and claims that something malicious was attached to him and was trying to claim his soul. So in the interview, he was like, 
I went there with Zach, this Dybbuk box, I saw something, and then literally in that next month, all these things happened to me. Mm-hmm. I actually believe that this Dybbuk was cursing me or did curse me or is still cursing me to, to some extent. You know what I mean? I just feel bad for the spirit that's in the box that hasn't been able to communicate properly and hasn't had its goal uh, accomplished and therefore it cannot be at peace. What do you think its goal is? I don't know. Be famous rapper. Just put, <laughs> just put wine in the box. I just want some wine. Maybe in that octopus chalice thing. Ooh, we need some ink too. I get mm-hmm. it. Okay, well that's pretty cool. Well, um, that is my story, and uh, I'm I'm I don't know if you guys liked it, but if you did, I'm glad you did like it. But now we're gonna be switching over to Katie. We gotta do a little laptop shuffle right here. We do. Oh my god. Don't knock that out. Okay, I think I think we're kind of set now, but I think we are, and we do have um, a baby cat asleep between the, us. The cat has been going after my legs this entire time. It's very hard to focus on reading. <laughs> so cute. Okay. Anyhow, uh, Alex. That's my name. Today, I'm gonna tell you the story. Of... A lovely lady. <laughs> I... Oh, we live up the street from the Brady Bunch house. I was about to say something, and now the people are going to find oh, us. Oh, fuck. They're going to come find us. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm going to tell you the story of a notorious French pirate. Oh, I know them all. <laughs> who was known as Francois Lalanay. That is the most French name I've ever heard. It's actually not his real name. Uh, I, his real name was Croissant Escargo. <laughs> it was like Jean... Jacques Jean? Jean, I don't know what it was. It was something okay. also French. Very French. Uh, anyway, he was born in approximately 1630. So as a precursor to my story here, um, different websites had some vague, like brief, a little bit different information. So most of them said he was born in 1630, but who cares? All okay. the history back then was just carved into trees. You just had to go find a tree and hope that it had the right information. Yeah, no one much. had paper. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, in his early 20s, he became an indentured servant um, and was taken from France to Hispaniola, which is now the island where Haiti and the Dominican Republic are. You know, it's in weird. The I always assume that just every French person is just like high class already. You're like, he's an indentured servant. I was like, oh, I mm. thought he's going to be like some kind of weird, like noble or something like that. No, he Everybody started from the bottom. <laughs> now he's he's an indentured servant, but you'll get there. Um, so he was uh, an indentured servant for 10 years, according to more, most sources. But some other ones say he left. He escaped after three years. Once again, uh, details, you know. <laughs> they didn't uh, find that tree. <laughs> they didn't find that tree. In any case, once he was done with the servitude, he joined the Buccaneers. Uh, Football team. Not the football team. Uh, it was actually a group slash uh, brotherhood of French settlers that were living in the Caribbean. Oh. Uh, yeah. The, you just have to have like a, lo- like a long mustache and a pointy goatee to be a buccaneer. So basically, I mean, there was a whole thing. I didn't write it because I didn't think it was that interesting. But like <laughs> the word buccaneer comes from like the word boucan, which was like a, uh, a frame of sorts that they like. Uh, smoked meat on oh like the pirates smoked meat on them yeah really and that's how they became known as buccaneers that's so weird yeah i thought it was like that's actually really interesting oh a boucan or something that's interesting so they're just like kind of sailors that would like 
smoke meat and well, they weren't even necessarily sailors. Well, maybe actually, probably most of them, but. I don't. They didn't start out as sailors, maybe. But like, for instance, They're Francois, meat smokers. our friend Francois was just like, "Hi, I just did my indentured, indentured <laughs> servitude." It was quite an adventure. <laughs> and now I'm here. Uh, anyway, so they most of them were driven from their island homes by Spanish forces. Mm. So then they decided to target Spanish ships and towns. Um, oh, so it's just like they're kind of like like they're pirates that are like i'm gonna seek revenge basically like attack the people that fucked up our homes Uh uh-huh Ooh, kind of cool yeah so they uh they did their thing and then uh you know they were pillaging and whatnot well pirates do yes pirate things pirate tings pirate tings and then the french president of the island of tortuga oh that is so fucking pirate that's very pirates of the caribbean that's that song by andy sandberg and michael bolton I have the land of Tortuga. Okay. It's a Lonely Island song. It's called The Legend of Captain Jack Sparrow or something like that. Okay. You got to check it out. We'll, we'll listen. I'll force you to listen later. <laughs> um, so uh, the president had heard about uh, Francois Lollinay and his talents when it came to plundering and, well, murdering Spanish colonists. <laughs> so he gave him a small ship to command and uh, thus began his career. Oh, because if you will, because the French were, the French president's like I don't like the Spanish either. Like, yeah, I mean, everyone. Sure I think away. everybody at that time was just like trying to get as much land as they could. So he's like, I'm just gonna just kill each other. I'm gonna get this bad boy, and I'm gonna like hire him to be like my mercenary and just give him like everything he not hire him, but like I'm gonna give him supplies and keep up the good work, buddy. You keep killing Spanish people and uh, yeah, sinking their ships, and I'll be that's good for me, good for business. Yeah, I I think he probably also like took some of whatever they you know uh collected okay loot Mm -hmm. um booty yeah but i don't uh he wasn't a privateer though which is when you get like a letter of mark from like the actual leader of the country he wasn't like a legal pirate if you will he didn't have a license to kill he Mm -hmm. wasn't james bond he was kind of like a rogue agent like he's kind of like jason Bourne, where it's like if you get caught we don't know you okay right haven't seen that either (laughs) Um, so anyway, I think uh, the government's after him in that. I haven't seen those in a while. Um, so during his early days as a captain, Lollinay and his crew were shipwrecked off the Yucatan Peninsula, which is, um, Mexico. We brought that up last episode. That's where the, that's where the meteor struck Mm. that killed the dinosaurs. Okay. (laughs) Dinosaurs are big. My favorite's (laughs) (laughs) T-Rex. Big by little arm. <laughs> well, some say they have feathers and normal size arms, but that's a, that's a discussion for it's another time. <laughs> um, so anyway, they were shipwrecked but survived and made it to land, uh, only to encounter Spanish forces who ended up taking out the entire crew. No! Lollinay, however, uh, was the sole survivor, and uh, any guesses how he... How we did this? Ooh, okay. Ooh, it's gonna be something gross, right? I feel like if you survive like a, a your whole crew dying, you either had to do something embarrassing or disgusting. So he either crawled under a bunch of dead bodies, or like, or he uh, like uh, jumped in the toilet, something like that. They do have a lot of toilets back in 1630. <laughs> Uh, well, you know what I mean? It was a piece of wood with a hole in it with a fucking <laughs> okay, cavity okay. below. Um, well, you uh, you were pretty spot on with your first one. He 
smeared the blood of his dead crew members on his face and body and then lifted them on top of himself so that he could play dead. Nice. I've seen that in a couple war movies. That's the way to go. It sucks, and it sucks even more if they catch you because then you just rub the blood all over yourself, <laughs> and you're going to die. Mm-hmm. So once the Spanish left, uh, he made his way to the nearest city. Apparently, he disguised himself as a Spaniard. I don't really know how that would happen. I don't – it was – He's, like, walking around. He's, like, fuck the French. <laughs> fuck them. I don't know. He's... Speaking Spanish, probably. <laughs> Why is that guy speaking English? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's uh, not French or Spanish. What the fuck? Um, so he made his way to the nearest city, and he convinced a group of French slaves that were in that Spanish town to come with him, steal a canoe, and sail him back to Tortuga to help him prepare his revenge. So you got to start small. Go for the canoe. Why not? Mm-hmm. You don't want to be like, hurry, let's all get this the biggest ship they got. Like, no, take the you canoe. Gotta be low key. Yeah, sneak out. Take the canoe. Um. So anyway, after some preparations, they, uh, I think he probably gathered more of a crew as well, and they held a Spanish town hostage and demanded a ransom. Ooh, very fun. Um. And then the town- holding a town hostage seems logistically impossible. Well, I don't think the towns were as big as one is now you know how you get them you hold a pie eating contest oh god while everybody's at the pie eating contest then you surround them and you pull your guns and you say no more blueberry pie i mean there's only like (laughs) a couple roads in and like a port i don't know there's one sheriff all you gotta do is hit him over the head with a a log and you're good that's how it works that's how it works so they demanded their ransom and then the town's leader sent a ship to kill lalane but he ended up capturing and beheading the crew of the people that were coming for him and allegedly ate the beating heart of its captain. That's hard. So he killed the entire crew uh, except for one survivor Mm -hmm. whom he told to let the ruler know that he will never spare another Spaniard's life. Was it Post Malone? (laughs) There's always a little like catch, like it was, it was Oprah Winfrey, and she went on to become the richest woman in the world. No. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's crazy, though. He's just like, go tell them, like. Yeah, I don't know. Else. I don't know who on the ship it was. I watched one thing, and I guess like, uh, there was a guy on the ship whose job was to hang people, and he was like, "I'm just like enslaved too. Uh... Don't kill me." And then. Lalani was like, oh, we won't kill you, and then killed him. So oh, I don't know no. I don't know who the guy was that actually survived. It's like killing the janitor. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, God. Like, he doesn't – he has to do the hardest job here, and, like, he doesn't get, like, he's enough not, respect. He's like, getting paid. Yeah, exactly. It's like, come on, like, spare him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's probably a nice guy. He has nothing to do with whatever else is going on. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but so – also, what do you think – I mean, we could find out, but what do you think, like, logistically – it takes to eat a heart. <laughs> like, um, well, you gotta slice their chest open and then. No, no, eating, not to, not removing it. It's it's already out. It's in your hand. Well, I don't know if you like ate the whole thing or just like took a bite. Yeah, you think it's like an apple where you just like. Ugh. It's like where you like. I don't know. I feel like fishermen sometimes bite the head off a fish. You know, when they capture it. Ooh, Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> I feel like it's a thing like on Deadliest Catch, like the first catch of the season. Oh or yeah, yeah, traditional things. Yeah. Anyway. Fair, fair. So um, that was 
that was uh, one of his highlights of his career. Um, pretty cool highlight. Pretty cool. Um, if but, you would have ended there, I've been like, good life, dude. That was pretty b- hardcore. You ate uh, a heart. You win. Mm-hmm. But uh, perhaps his biggest quote-unquote success was in 1666 when he gathered a fleet of eight ships with a crew of 440 total pirates mm. and went to Maracaibo, which is now uh, Venezuela. Oh. Uh, and he went there in order to sack and pillage the city, of course, as pirates do. Yep. I mean, 448? 440. 440. 440 pirates is probably the most terrifying thing I could think of. Mm-hmm. That's like, those guys... Like, war crimes don't exist for them. Nope. Like, you'd be like, oh, what about, like, so maybe, like, Mongolian horseback riders would be very scary, too. I'll, I'll let them I'll let them join the pirate gang. But, like, soldiers, like, nah, nah. Pirates and Mongolian warlords, they, you got to watch out for them. They are no boundaries. No boundaries no at morals. all. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, the main goal for this trip uh, was to steal gold that the city's townspeople had. And there was only way, one way into the city uh, by sea. Uh, so they decided to go by land, uh, which actually made him one of the first buccaneers to use this tactic. Oh. Uh, and it was an efficient method. And they took the city relatively easily. Uh, and so they spent the next two months there raping, pillaging, torturing the folks. Hmm. So, from <laughs> it, what I understand... When we say that, it doesn't sound as... Fu- like, it doesn't sound like... We're not glorifying him, but we're just saying, like, you know, pirates... You know you know how pirates be. You guys know it. It's just how they are. Disney tried to dress it up rather nicely, but they, they know the history. Mm-hmm. They know the history. So, anyway, they were there for two months and kind of found the nicest houses and, like, were living there and then going to different citizens like homes and trying to get their gold but like the people had most of them like had hidden their gold so they didn't they weren't able to find very much mm-hmm. um and then it's crazy like i feel like there's nothing more like uh, nothing more i want than like to have like spanish gold like mm-hmm. just like the the it, it rolls off the tongue like spanish gold like it's it sounds more gold than other gold am i right or am i wrong yes it does it does so when they would ask the kind folks of this city uh, where their gold was hidden uh if they didn't answer of course, Lalane would uh, oh, no. resort to torturing, and oh. he was an expert torturer, according to one website that I uh, was looking at. Oh no! So some of his tactics were. Oh shit! I was gonna. I was thinking of what his would tactics. Would you like to guess any? Well, finger. See that. See the thing is like with with sixteen sixty torture. Yeah, I'm not really brushed up on my sixteen sixty torturing methods, but I was gonna say like fingernails, tongues, and eyes are always. Oh, maybe toes between the toes too. Like those are all really bad ones that like you can get away with like doing because mm-hmm. it won't kill them. But it's you're fucking on to awful. something with a few of those. Okay. So. He would um, teeth, teeth too. He would use a sword and slice off portions of his victim's flesh, Nipples. and then apparently lick the sword. 
Oh, well, he ate a heart. I mean, this is... He's licking the blood. This is child's play at this point. And then he'd also cut their tongues out um, before killing them sometimes. Uh, It'd be cool hmm. if he cut them with the sword and then cut their tongue out and then used their tongue to lick the blood off the sword. That's disgusting. Yeah, but it's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Of course, he would, you know, burn some people alive. I think that's kind of a common. See, that's thing. a bad one though because you have to get those answers. Like, where's the gold? Really quick. Like, well, I think that was probably like I don't know if there was stages to this. Oh, okay. I don't know if it was just a one, a one. Not just throwing them in fire. You mm-hmm. maybe roasting them. Okay, okay. Or maybe just slice them up first, and then if they're not answering you. Yep, we're not gonna get the gold anyway. Um, and then oh, one of his signature moves was to tie ship rope around their necks until their eyes popped out is ship rope like that it's like very huge yeah like the huge rope they tie like boats to docks with yeah i forget the technical name for it it wasn't something that i read but once again it wasn't a detail that i found to Mm -hmm. be important and now i should have put it in no i i kind of got it ship rope is gonna be thick rope and they probably did like the whole like you stand in the middle wrap the rope around your neck and we're gonna play tug of war on both sides or something like that yeah and there are uh there is a fun illustration for that (sighs) image so be sure to check out at camp strange podcast on instagram for that one nice plug you're welcome um so anyway he, they lived it up there for a few months and then, you know, took what they could. They did end up with a bunch of, like, you know, silverware and, and gold and Okay, they were going to say just silverware. And I'm like, mm. they, they, they got They enough. struck it big. Okay. So, for what would become his final expedition, Uh-oh. he was attempting to go to modern-day Nicaragua, but ended up in Honduras. Um, and his crew continued to plunder towns until they ended up in the city of San Pedro, mm-hmm. uh, which had a nearby Spanish gold mine. Ooh, see, that's a lot of hard work, though. But that does mean that you could just make instead of torture him, just like go go start working in the mines, right? Right. Uh, however, after torturing you know some people and trying to figure out a way to get into the mine because there were guards. Uh, they didn't really have much luck, so then they just had to try and fight the guards. Didn't work out. Oh, no. So they didn't end up with very much after this voyage. And you know what that means? What? That his crew started to turn on him. (gasps) So they abandoned him. No. So he had a very, very minimal crew. He's like, if you guys were better at fighting guards, we wouldn't (laughs) be in this situation. (laughs) So uh, with his much smaller crew he tried to set sail to nicaragua again um but the ship ran aground this guy's not a good sailor which he should have stuck to the land tactics i didn't know what ran aground means it means the water was too shallow and basically like tore up the bottom of the boat yeah yeah you hit a sand bank or some Mm -hmm. rocks or some shit and um to finish up my story here a there was a native american tribe um on the land called the kuna Mm mm-hmm not Kuma. No, but close. But almost. Close. And this tribe captured him, <gasps> tore him into pieces. Oh, karma's a bitch. And burned his body. Oh, my God. However, many sources also say that he was cannibalized. Yo, he got eight. And uh, to me, like you said, this is just a bad case of karma or a good case, depending 
I look at it. True. You're for or against this. And uh, that's that's my story. He's kind of like a turducken at that point where he's a heart inside. There's a heart inside of a stomach like when they eat him. Oh, gross. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, only if he had just eaten one, which he probably didn't. He's like, after that first heart, I got a hankering for hearts. Yeah. You know me, buddy. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is so cool, though. That I mean, <laughs> it came full circle. You know, he was a bad guy and then bad thing happened to him. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's not cool just to like have people die nilly willy, but it is cool for karma's sake. What I say, nilly willy. Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> but it is cool that like you know like the the Native Americans who are obviously like historically like taken advantage of are just like oh hey motherfuckers what's up mm-hmm. and then there's like oh well we got this like look at these guys and there's like nope we're gonna fucking kill you and eat yeah like that's pretty badass so i have to say and you know what they probably got a actually i don't know if he spent all the gold or what happened to the gold but they well, got a little bit of gold much after but yeah and you know they probably didn't even want the gold there's like a lot of native american tribes they just used the gold for like um decoration and stuff mm. they didn't see it as like a a currency yeah currency so they're just like pounded it out that's why like machu picchu used to be covered in gold mm. it was gold flake all over the outside of every house that's but it's obviously not there anymore but mm-hmm. that's the city you know city of gold that's el dorado that? but okay a lot of people think el dorado is machu picchu i don't really know what the whole thing about that is but it's the lost city of el dorado but um but anyway that's that's <laughs> the whole francois lalane holy story. shit I felt bad for him at first because he was an indentured servant, but then you, know, you kind of like become a bad guy. You get eaten. That's what happens. Yep. That's the way. Cycle, uh, cycle of life. That, circle of life. What's it called? Cycle of circles. Yes. Idiot. Circle of life. <laughs> yeah. But I said cycle instead. There's a life cycle. This is too much. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that wraps it up for us tonight at Camp Strange. First off, I'd like to thank Katie so much for helping us out here. And David owes him. Oh, my God. Are you a man? Um, no. Maybe. Um, but David owes her a big thank you because she held her own. She pulled the, the boat on the land, even though it ran aground. And she helped out Camp Strange when we needed it. So thank you so much, Katie. And I love you. Of course. Um, thank you. Love you. And uh, if you guys want any more information, uh, we don't have CampStrange.com up right now because it just costs too much money to give it up. No one's going there. Who cares? Just go to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Let's go to Instagram, link in bio. You know, you can get all you want. You merch and Merch and bio, link and bio. You go, you go find it on Pandora. You send go, them an email. Yeah, yo, if you guys want to send us an email, just send it to uh, at, uh, at fuck um, campstrangepodcast at gmail dot com, and we will send something back. We got time. It's still quarantine, baby. Mm-hmm. And if you guys want merch, go to the link in the bio on the Instagram, and the Instagram is campstrangepodcast. It's easy. And if you guys want to rate, review, subscribe, you can do that on iTunes or, um, you know, we have Spotify. We're on Spotify and we're on Pandora and whatever else they got it on. Anyway, um, thank you so much, Katie. And do you have anything to say before we head out? Um, I think the last couple things I'd like to say is uh, if you're getting some mask knee, be sure to wash your mask. Wash you know, your mask. Just get some laundry detergent, hand you wash gotta it. You got to wash your mask you if you must. Okay. It's a song by uh-huh. Deltron. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, adopt, don't shop. Um, spay and neuter your pets. Spay and neuter your pets. Bob uh, Barker. 
And uh, don't have eat, a good day. Don't eat hearts if you don't need to. Yeah, well, just probably don't eat them. Eat your heart out, Francois. <laughs> there we go. There we go. And don't forget to stay strange. <laughs>